Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Cesar Chavez was a labor organizer and civil rights activist. And in California and beyond, he's an icon. On his birthday, March 31st, California celebrates the labor leader and civil rights activist with a state holiday and a day of service. Pedro Anaya is a senior director of binational affairs and community relations with Southwest Strategies. As a teenager, Anaya was assigned to write about an American hero. He chose Cesar Chavez and was told by his teacher that Chavez, who was born in Arizona, was an American. Times have changed, but the experience shaped Anaya and led him on a path of activism and organizing. We spoke about Chavez's legacy and what it means to him. Well, Pedro, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you wrote an amazing essay for the Union Tribune's opinion section, and I just wanted to jump right in. How did you first learn of Cesar Chavez? You know, actually, it it that essay really lays it out where I, I had, you know, I had never been politically involved or community involved in any way. And, um, you know, kind of being lost as to when I'm, I was asked a question to write about an American hero, I kind of sat in, in a library in Chula Vista and just was literally scanning through newspaper articles and, and magazines. And I just ran across him. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, at the time that I ran across him, it had only been a few months since he had passed away. Right. And so what I ran into was like articles about about his funeral, about, you know, and then that kind of, you know, you know, who is this guy? And I started I started reading more and more and more. And that's that's that that was my introduction to him on, on paper. Um, but later in life, I was really introduced as I realized how connected Caesar was to San Diego and people in San Diego. Yeah. Will you talk a little more about that? Uh, what did you learn and what were his local connections? You know, it's 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 stuff you can't find in books. You know, when you when you open up a book, you, you learn about the great boycotts. You learn, you know, you learn about his fasting. You learn about all those things. Right. But, you know, there was a man here who was, you know, a lot of us like to say, you know, uh, a, a common man who did uncommon things. Right. Um, which kind of lets us all to believe that we could all kind of do that. And 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 his connection to San Diego, I don't think people realize, you know, obviously during the great boycott, there was um, there was a, a boycott offices here in San Diego and organizers in San Diego. And there's a rich legacy that Caesar had at, at recruiting people from San Diego because we we're just good organizers in San Diego. Right. <laughs> you would recruit San Diego and, and, and there's folks that, you know, one of our one of my fellow essay writers in, in the package that, that is, is, is Richard Ibarra. Uh, Richard Ibarra was literally, you know, um, Caesar's right hand man. The security for Caesar eventually married, married, married one of his daughters. Right? Um, he, he's a Barrio Logan guy, you know. And and there were several people that came out of Barrio Logan. Uh, David Biarino, uh, who coincidentally, coincidentally also married one of his Caesar's other daughters. Um, you know, um, they came from the. You know, there's always the, the rich legacy of you probably heard of uh, the Legarete family. You know, Carlos and Linda. Who run the service clubs here? They they worked up with Caesar, um, you know, uh, uh, David Valladolid, you know, uh, Tony Valladolid, several folks, and 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 we can't forget that that Caesar actually started a second union that people may not know, and it started here in San Diego. 
was co-founded in San Diego called the United United Domestic Workers with Ken and Ken and Samaji and Fahari Jeffers. So, so you know, he's always been very connected to San Diego, and so I think it was a natural for you know as 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 I grew up, right, and eventually we became a college student and got involved politically. That we myself and the United Farm Workers naturally ran across each other because they knew to come to San Diego. And so it was a kind of kind of natural, you know, for a lot of us younger generation, it was, it was kind of like, you go to San Diego, if you want organizers to help you organize, you go to San Diego. And so we were here, right? Just it, it, we've always had that really strong connection. Um, in fact, the Cesar Chavez breakfast was the first breakfast in, in here in San Diego that was done for Cesar nationally. We had the, 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 the parade that Rachel Ortiz um, at the barrio station um, founded after Caesar passed a march slash parade uh, in his honor was the first one in the country, right? So we started honoring Caesar. I like to say we were first in in, in honoring Caesar in those ways. Uh, you know, Rachel Ortiz is a great example. She she grew up in the farm worker movement and then she came back to San Diego and ran the Barrio Youth Center for decades and continues to run it now and in, into her, you know, later years. So We've always been connected. And so I think it, it just was a natural for me to eventually kind of land there, right? You know, you look at one of your other um, uh, contributors to the story, Guadalupe, Dr. Guadalupe Corona, she met Caesar at San Diego State because mm-hmm. what did Caesar do? He came down and spoke at San Diego State because why did he speak at San Diego State? Because that's how you found good organizers by coming and speaking at the colleges. It was just, it's always been a, t- a, good, a good tie between San Diego and the United Farm Workers um, especially for San Diego to step up and, and say, we want to help. Yeah, that's an amazing history. I didn't know a lot of that. Um, thank you for sharing it. I know that you became very instrumental in getting Cesar Chavez more recognition around the state. I want to talk about that, but but I want to back up first to you right. back in the classroom. You're in high school. You find your American hero. Um, he made an impression on you because, uh, you know, it reminded you of your family. How so? Well, you know, representation matters, right? Um, and, and, and at that particular time of my life, I didn't see a lot of people like me in the stuff that was being presented to us in the stuff we were reading or in the history classes, you know, I didn't, I didn't get And so, you know, but I knew that, you know, who were my heroes, you know, my father and my mother, and why were they my heroes? Because they did, they sacrificed everything they had for us, right? So that we could, we could move forward and we could get an education and we could, we could, we could better ourselves, right? That to me was the definition of a hero. And in many ways, still main, it still maintains that, you know, sacrifice. And so when I started reading about the stuff that Caesar did um, and the sacrifice, and then, and then to see it, you know, someone that kind of looks like you or, you know, and, and, and maybe has a similar upbringing or similar struggles and challenges, you think to yourself, wow, look, if this person could have that impact, then I have the ability to have the same impact, you know, uh, just like, you know, and, and we all have that impact in different ways. You know, um, I see my parents' impact on my life just as powerful as Caesar's impact on the country, because you just never know who you're going to connect with and who you're going to have an impact on, you know? Um, yeah, it could be a national movement like Caesar and the farm workers did, or, or you could be, or a father or a mother could be inspiring the next Caesar, or the next Dr. King, or the, you know, and so, so you just never know, to me, sacrifice, great, that sacrifice that our families, and and folks like Caesar and others have given is, is the biggest gift you could give. Yeah, well said. 
Okay. So you put all of this effort into your essay. Your dad even bought you a typewriter um, and you turned it into your teacher. And the way that she responded is pretty shocking. What happened? You know, it's it's funny because because when when it all happened, when the, you know, when when again the theme was an American hero, and when she basically denied that Caesar would could even be considered an American hero, you know, at the time of the as a young high school student, I didn't even realize what that is. I remember, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it is, years ago, you know, we weren't using terms like microaggressions in a as a high school classroom, right? So I had no clue what that was. I had no clue what the impact was. And quite quite frankly. It wasn't, it was something, you know, I wasn't surprised by it, right? Like it didn't, I didn't so it, it didn't necessarily bother me on the outside. I didn't, but I didn't know what it had done to me on the inside, right? I didn't know that that was just another hit on, on, on who I was as a person or my values and, and, and what I wanted to do. It, it didn't click till years later when I go back and, and I realized, you know, what it, what it did to me. Uh, and Fortunately for me, what it did for me at that moment, it actually went in a very positive way, right? Where I could have taken that and been like, man, this sucks. Let me forget this. I'm not going to. It actually inspired me to say, no, you're wrong. You know, uh, I've done the research. You know, this was a research project. You you misunderstood the project because you and, and it actually got me more engaged. And the funny, it, it, the timing of it was perfect, right? For me, as a, at least. Because as this is happening, there's also something else happening all around us. And this is in the middle of all of Prop 187. Um, and as you know, Prop 187 was a lightning rod for many of people in my generation to become involved in the community. So as I'm being told this, I'm watching my community being attacked. You know, this is, you know, um, around Prop 187. So it really became a lightning rod for me to say, like, no, we do belong here. We are part of this country, we do have something to contribute and no one's gonna take that away from us. And so it is my responsibility to get involved. So. And so tell me, you know, yeah, how you took that experience, how that experience shaped you, made you into an activist with the farm workers movement. Again, you were very instrumental in creating um, a, a state holiday to, to honor Cesar Chavez. You know, you know, it's funny because I, I've been fortunate that the right people and the right folks have always come and been in front of me in some way. And I've had some great mentors in my life. And, um, and, and I think nothing happens by accident. Right. So, so like I, I mentioned, Richard Ibarra, at one point I actually got to, he hired me to wow. work at with nonprofit here locally. And, and, and the way we met was because um, we happened, uh, one of Caesar's cousins had passed away here locally and we were doing, um, we wanted to honor his life. Um, he actually, you know, he was known for creating the uh, United Farm Workers flag. Um, and so that's how we met. And then he liked how I organized and he's like, you want a job? And he hired me, right? Um, I met David Villarino um, handing out flyers, supporting uh, uh, a strawberry action against, you know, because uh, I remember it was Driscoll strawberries back in the day was not treating their worker. And we were trying to pressure Driscoll into, you know, ensuring their workers were treated correctly. And we were handing out flyers at, at a parade. And I ran into David Villarino who worked with them. He's like, oh, you need to come up and meet the farm worker movement. And so I've, I've had an opportunity to, to organize where I started really organizing around the farm worker movement was during my college years. And we started along with a, a lot of friends, um, what, were, what was basically a farm worker um, 
support support um, coalition. So basically, anytime the farm worker movement needed um, to get the word out and get people involved in whatever actions they were doing, we organized college students to do so. And so that that meant either getting them up to events and marches and actions or literally sitting in front of stores leafletting and saying, don't buy strawberries. In this case, we were doing strawberries, right? Uh, until call, make sure that this store knows that they shouldn't be purchasing from this particular grower unless they treat their, you know, workers better, right? And, and, and we were dealing with issues of sexual harassment in the fields and, um, you know, just abusive, abusive work conditions, right? Uh, so that that's how I kind of got started. And that led me to come up and visit the farm worker movement. And next thing I know, I'm volunteering at the farm worker movement um, during my spring breaks. You know, they would bring us all up in our spring breaks and we would we'd put together student conferences for other students throughout the throughout the state. Um, and then that just kind of naturally led into like, well, we're working on the Cesar Chavez holiday and we'd like to make this thing happen. Um, who can help organize in San Diego? And we had we had created an infrastructure already of student organizers. So that transitioned naturally into a community effort. And so step number one was to gather the signatures, right? So that we could convince at that time, um, Governor, um, oh, I'm going to blank on his name, Governor Davis, uh, to to put the bill, move the bill forward and get it signed. And uh, there was a couple iterations of the bill. Uh, but at the end of it, um, we, we all sat at Olvera Street on the day he signed it um, and celebrated and had we all had dinner at on Olvera Street that day. It's kind of cool having dinner with the governor and Dolores Huerta and Caesar's family as he officially, you know, put his pen to paper and made it a holiday. So. Yeah, that's really powerful stuff. And clearly you've had such an impact. Um, how does Cesar Chavez's legacy um, affect your life today? You know, what are the lessons that you you take from this experience? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in, in in the sense that, that you know, oh man, there's, there's, I could I could. One of the things that the Cesar Chavez Foundation did a few years ago is they encapsulated what they call his seven core values. I think it was seven to ten core values. You know, and, there, and there's a list, you know, sacrifice, nonviolence, you know, um, you know, education, education being a big one, you know, um, that he encapsulated. And, and when I look at kind of the way I live my life, I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's necessarily Caesar that gave me those values, but he validated those values that my family raised me with um, uh, because all those values still hold very, very, very true. Um, and, and to me, they're, they're not something that that I have on a list. It's just kind of who I am and what I am, right? Like, so those same things, they, 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 they sync up really well. And so when, when we talk about Caesar, I, I, when I'm having the most difficult times, when, I'm, when I have a big challenge, like a, a organizing challenge or a community challenge, I literally always take a step back and I say, you know, what would what would what would Caesar do like and even though I've never met the man I and but but I literally there's I will google Caesar Chavez quotes and I guarantee you no matter what my challenge is my community organization there is a quote that something he has said that is the perfect answer all the time right you know um you know he has a, a quote that and I and I and I, I'm gonna butcher it you know uh, but, you know, 
you, you cannot you can you cannot scare the person who's not a, a, afraid anymore. You cannot you, you cannot uneducate the person who has an education. And that's totally butchered. You, you should look up the real one. Um, but but basically, you know, you know, he showed he shows you not to be afraid, right? Like he he shows to take on any challenge, right? And and to me, um, you know, it's funny. My biggest lessons from Caesar didn't come directly from Caesar. They've come from people around Caesar. And I think that's the impact, you know, uh, Richard Ibarra again made a, he helped organize um, uh, Caesar's funeral. And um, he shared with me a story about how, you know, different agendas and people's opinions of what to do with the funeral. And he stood firm on one belief about what the funeral should be. It shouldn't be a labor rally. It shouldn't be, no, he's not better. It should be God, the family and everybody else. And that has always stuck to me. And that's how I do my organizing. You know, um, when we used to do the Caesar Travis breakfast, everybody wanted to get on the stage. Every politician, every elected official wanted to have their moment on stage um, and do things. And, and no, and to me, it was always God, the family who always came to our event. I wanted to make sure Caesar's family felt proud of what we were doing than everybody else. And, and there was a place for everybody else. But it was always, always in that, in that, right? Um, you know, um, and 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 the other thing that in you know Caesar's son um, Paul shared controversial issue, and I wanted his his guidance, um, and he he reminded me that Caesar's movement, and I love labor, and I and I support labor a hundred percent, but this was very eye opening for me. And 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 by the way, and I say that 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 you know, labor will always this would a strong component is labor and the number one reason, but it was also, it's not, wasn't just a labor movement. It was a people movement, what Caesar was doing and, and, and that we should encapsulate everything. And so that to me is that, it, that I need, that I needed to be well-rounded and look at all, all the angles, right. You know, um, because it was at the end of the day, it was about people. Yeah. So those things stuck with me. But again, it's the people that that work for Caesar that I've had an opportunity to meet. Uh, Ramon Chunky Sanchez, who, you know, passed away. Great man. Again, San Diego Lake is David by elite. Did some organizing, did a lot of stuff with the United Domestic Workers. You know, there's those folks that were touched by Caesar on a daily basis who now continue to make an impact, you know. And like I said, I never met, I never got to work directly with Caesar. But, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with his granddaughter, who now works in the Biden administration. Right. Julie Chavez Rodriguez, amazing young woman. And I had the opportunity to work with her. Right. And she tells me stories about about her grandfather. You know, one, one thing she shared with me one time, which was um, that she was picketing outside of a, a, a grocery store. And some and she hands a flyer to some woman and this woman yelled, yelled um, pretty much, you know, yells at her, says, oh, this evil man talking about her grandfather. And so she's tore up about it, goes home and talks with, you know, her grandfather. I can't believe this woman said about this thing. So, no, just, just don't be upset. Just tell this woman that you're going to pray for her too, you know? And so there's a, there's a farm worker prayer that Caesar wrote and it, and it says, help me pray for even those who hate us. And so that, that, you know, that's kind of how I go about my work. It's like, you know, we may not agree we may not be on the same page, but we're here together and hopefully we'll work together someday, even if we don't like each other right now. So. 
Petra, thank you so much for sharing um, your story with me, you know, your, your passion about this, about people, about the community, and uh, making a difference really shines through. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. By the way, the quote Pedro was referring to was this. You cannot humiliate the person who feels pride. You cannot suppress the people who are not afraid anymore. Cesar Chavez. By the way, on Friday, we talked about a proposed eviction moratorium at the city of San Diego. Just an update, San Diego City Council gave initial approval to the plan, but it will need a second vote before it can take effect. Thanks for listening.